welcome back to Thoughts by Thoughts. Um, we did have a brief, brief hiatus, um, but we're back now, better than ever. Um, and this is really, I have faith in myself that in 2022, I'm actually going to be dedicated to this as something for myself. Um, because I was not last year, but also cutting myself some slack. Okay. It was, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It was a rough year for everyone. So anyway, we're back, baby. It's great. It's wild. It's free. Um, I'm having a good time and I would love to just jump right in. Um, this is going to be kind of a quick episode. Um, just getting back in. And it's going to be a movie review. I know, I know. Um, my fave. It's not going to be a drunk movie review, but my friend's birthday is this weekend, so you might get one of those. You never know. Um, but anyway, just going to jump right into it. So hold one sec while I open up my notes. Okay, so the movie that we're going to be reviewing today is called The Night House. And now this movie I've been looking for for a few months now because I remember before it came out I saw a trailer for it. Looked really good, looked um, well made, and also you know had a little bit of that spice that I like. It's, it's a psychological thriller and um, anyone who knows me knows that I love psychological thrillers for a multitude of reasons that I will get into later. But um, I've been really excited about watching this movie. So kind of forgot about it for a minute. And then I was reading, I like to follow a couple different blogs for like film critics, because as a self-proclaimed film connoisseur, I like to read the, the critiques. I like to read the reviews, you know? So one of my favorite, um, film critics wrote this piece and they were talking about like the top 10 best movies they saw in 2021, which in my opinion is kind of relative because when speaking about 2021 as a whole, you know, a lot of these movies you know, I just think it's somewhat relative because we were in the middle of a global pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, can we really compare them on the same scale as pre-pandemic movies that had more going for them? You know what I mean? Like, um, full set, full funding, the ability to use more resources and outlets and areas to film in. You know what I mean? But getting a little off track. So anyway, she basically said that this was like top 10 on their list. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, I had forgotten that I wanted to see that, but this reminds me, I do want to see that. And I still think that it sounds like a really great movie. So, um, I rented it tonight off of Amazon prime cost me a whopping five ninety nine. Um, so I was like, this better be good. Um, but I'm just going to give a quick synopsis. Um, 
actually, that's the wrong word. I'm going to give an overview, not a synopsis, because I don't want to spoil anything, but an overview of, like, the, the main theme of the movie. Basically, the premise of the movie is that there's this woman, her name's Beth, and Beth's husband just committed suicide. So Beth lives in this beautiful, secluded lakeside home that her deceased husband designed and built for her. And he had just passed away. You don't see that in the movie. You don't see you like come in on the day of the funeral. And um, the whole idea of the movie is that, you know, he was like keeping things from her and there might be like darker forces involved because the whole idea is that at night when she starts to succumb to like this house basically she finds this journal that her husband had when he was building the house and in the journal is a design layout of the exact same house but backwards so like the exact same house but in reverse and she ends up like finding this house basically but it's more complicated than that um you'll have to watch the movie to get the full view of that but I thought that it was really well made genuinely like I thought that the color scheme for one was perfect okay they were like so many red hues and like light pinks when a certain character was involved um that I think is a definite like cue in to someone watching even someone who's not you know used to watching films and critiquing them that this is a dark force or something like that you know what I mean when you see red I think most people's instant reaction is grim you know what I mean um but then in other scenes you know there was a lot of like narrowing of the view so like in the filmmaking process and the way that the camera angles and framing were done there were a lot of like cue-ins on where to look and I think sometimes certain movies especially like these psychological thrillers that are really popular right now that people are making, especially like the indie films. Um, sometimes maybe it's because, you know, lack of funding or lack of assistance because there's not that many people on crew for these independent films, but I feel like the vision drops out sometimes, you know, like I feel like sometimes these directors and producers when making these like psychological thrillers have like a set vision in mind for the how they want certain framing scenes to go or whatnot and the vision never comes to fruition because of whatever you know what I mean so sometimes I just feel like these movies are not you know not poorly done per se but like they fall short of what they could be and that's always really disappointing to me because I love this genre and I love the genre of horror and I love the subgenre of horror that is 
psychological thrillers. So, you know, like, I loved Killing of a Sacred Deer. I loved, um, you know, Nocturne. I loved, loved, loved Nocturne. And I'll have to get into a review on that someday. But it is just, sometimes it's disappointing. Especially, you know, for me who loves this type of movie, this type of film. But this movie was beautifully done. If I had to give, I, I would give a probably a four, maybe a 4.1 out of five in terms of aesthetics and the artistic vision of the film. Um, acting and film plot layout speaking, I would give the film probably a 3.7. Five out of five, 3.75. I thought mm, maybe that's too harsh. 3.95 out of five because the acting and the plot was really well done. And I liked, um, I liked where the movie went. I liked how the plot progressed, but there were a couple points of the film that didn't really get resolved at the end the way that I would have wanted them resolved. You know, like I, sometimes I don't like the ambiguity that certain movies leave and I would have wanted the movie to be just a little bit longer, just a tad bit more of a wrap up. But overall, I thought that the plot was really well explained and that that was really, that was good. I liked that. Um, what else? Um, in terms of, you know, spooky, frightening, you know, whatnot for the horror genre title, I would probably give it like a four out of five, you know, like there were some scenes that were decently frightening, but I don't think that the movie is scary in the traditional sense of the word scary. You know, like there were a couple moments, but overall, I don't think that it's the style of scary movie that like leaves you shaking in your boots. You know what I mean? Um, so there's that. Um, what else? Um, oh, let's get into the points that I like in psychological thrillers. So it hit there's a few nails to be hit in this type of movie that I think make it a good movie. And maybe I'll get into all of those nails at some point, but for the moment, I'm going to mention three for the sake of this film. So I think that it hit three nails. One being, um, color of the movie and, the way that the movie's like edited, I think that it really hit that nail in the sense that it had the lighting, the way that you'd want it to really showcase the kinds of like shadows on the walls and whatnot that you want to see to fully understand what's going on in the film because there's a play on that. 
And then also, you know, like the color scheme, like I talked about before. Second point is the lore. So when it comes to psychological thrillers, I have a weak spot and a love for the type of psychological thriller that involves, um, like, how do I say this? Like, um, like otherworldly things, like the unknown, like ghosts or spirits or, you know, um, demonic sort of things. You know what I mean? Like if you ever saw, um, what was it called? Blackburn's wife. Um, I think that's what it was called or Blackburn's daughter. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Blackburn's daughter. I'll have to follow up with this in a later episode, but that movie and Nocturne had these kinds of like play on the fact that there's like something darker in the background and it's not just, you know, the person's a bad person and the person has secrets or whatever it may be. It's that there's these greater forces acting on the person that make them bad. I like those kinds of movies. It it has more depth and I think it makes for a better film. Um, makes for a better story, that's for sure. So definitely hit the nail on that head um, with getting into these like ideas of what kind of forces could be at play and how to avoid them or like get around them and some solutions in that. And it one scene involves like this bookstore that is clearly like a bookstore where you can get a lot of these books. So love that really hits the head on like this lore factor. And then the last thing that I very much enjoy about the psychological thriller is the female lead character. I love it when these types of psychological thrillers involve these strong female leads that are just a perfect depiction of duality and irony, basically. Because not only are they in the dark about something for a good portion of the film duration and they're confused and they're the fawn, they're the doe, they're, you know, this creature that needs to be protected because, you know, someone else was protecting them and that was the sense of the film or whatever. There's, they're helpless. They're these helpless women creature type overarching character. You know what I mean? Like they're this plot point or this plot hole sense. I don't know how to describe it. Basically they're, they feed into the plot by being who they are. But as the film progresses, so do they, they end up becoming these, um, often like hopeless and melancholy type women. They, they've succumbed to the dark forces. They, they aren't helpless per se in the same way that they were before. They're just hopeless. They've recognizes, they've recognized the forces at play and they've recognized 
their own position in the story and they just let it happen and they become so helpless and almost pathetic I don't know a better word for it but then just taking it one step further towards the end of the film these characters these women in this trope as the film progresses and you get closer to the end or this like climax scene they always end up like giving in or like passing on or whatever it may be in almost like a poetically beautiful way like they they take the reins back still tragically but they take the reins back and you know there there's still like there's this one last choice that they have whether that may be to die or whether that may be to live in these types of films these female characters make that last choice and that's the distinction they don't let anyone else make the choice for them it's not like in these typical slasher movies where you know a lot of these female characters there's no choice there's no say things are done to them they happen to them this like final choice and decision at the ends of this style of movie is their one last take back you know what I mean and I just think there's something so poetic about that because it's nice to know that even the most pathetic and hopeless female character in this style of movie still have the final say because it's still their story and I like that I like that style so those are the three points on that that I think really hit the nail on the head that this is the kind of psychological thriller that I I like um so I think just to wrap this up I would probably give the night house overall score probably like an eight point an 8.5 out of 10 probably yeah 8.5 out of 10 I think that it was a good movie and I would definitely recommend it to others and I think that it was really well done but am I gonna rave about it over and over and over again and make sure that every single person and their mother watches it like it's the greatest film ever made no but I'm also not going to discourage people from watching it I'm probably going to suggest it to a few people I know who I usually suggest movies to because there's a couple of people I work with that, you know, they tell me movies that they've watched. I tell them movies I've watched. It's a back and forth, you know? So final review, hurrah, 8.5 out of 10 for the night house. Very well made. Good, good, good movie. Hits the head on what you want for that psychological thriller. So that's all I have to say on that. Okay, so that movie review was the first of the year and the first segment in the first episode of the new season of this podcast that will be doing things in 2022. Um, I really appreciate... Uh, my friends that listen to this 
and listen to my thoughts when I'm alone in my room and I don't want to lose my train of thought and I have a conscious stream of things to say and no one to say them to. Um, appreciate that. But that's it for now. Um, I hope you thoughties keep on thinking things to think. So catch you next time on Thoughts by Thoughts.